Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, your best podcast spot for all things Cleveland Guardians baseball. Presented by waitingfornextyear.com. Follow Matt on Twitter at Dairy Speaks and Todd at TD Guardians KU. The Dairy Brothers Guardians cast is on the air. Chris Berman used to say it on ESPN. Oh, those streaky guardians. Yes, uh, winners of seven of nine, a seven and two road trip. First place, come home. And this weekend was an utter disaster as the Boston Red Sox broke out the brooms at Progressive Field. Matt and Todd with you another week. Welcome back to the Dairy Brothers Guardians cast right here on the Evergreen Podcast Network, brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Dr. Ben Hornstein, who texted me this week, I'll get into that later, and also BreakingTea.com, BreakingTea t-shirts at BreakingTea.com slash dairy. I'm telling you, I am riled up this morning. I've got a lot of energy, Todd, and uh, getting ready to talk some uh, Cleveland baseball with you. Oh, that was that was a fun weekend. I mean, I didn't put on the show sheet. I didn't put uh, Matt's conversation with Dr. Ben on the topic list, but I'm I am actually very interested to hear about that. It wasn't much. So, I mean, it wasn't much. I know, I make, was... I, I'm, I'm partially joking here. Uh, yeah, this weekend was terrible. Let's let's be honest. Uh, you know, you're riding high after that 11 to 10 win last Wednesday, which was. Oh, okay, we we really should touch on that. The, the the first two games of that twin series were like playoff games on the road. Hostile, quote unquote, hostile environment wasn't really that hostile, but the comebacks were just unbelievable. And then the Thursday game, you know, they lost one nothing. There's there's stuff to discuss there with Tito's in game managing, which is uh, high on our list. But this weekend was, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, you were catching the Red Sox at the worst possible time. The only team that was hotter in the American League than the Guardians was the Red Sox. And on top of that, you know, you you, you play the Red Sox in April. They were terrible in April. We were they the ones who have gotten them then. I know, right? Been great. Yeah. Now you're catching them, and, and that top that top six in their order, it's just there's no easy outs, and they are loaded, and, you know, Maybe it was the long road trip. Maybe it was that they were smelling themselves a little bit after that, uh, you know, the 17 and four stretch. Um, I don't know. They did not play great baseball. Uh, the offense was next to zero. And, uh, you know, and nothing worked this weekend. Nothing worked. So, you know, we got an important five games set in the next four games that we'll talk about. And, you know, let's turn it around. Yeah, after scoring 17 runs in the first two games against the Twins, the last four, the team has scored eight, and uh, including a shutout. Um, like you said, Todd, you got to tip your cap to Boston. They have the third best record in the American League for a reason. I mean, they are playing really well. Their top five in their order is Murderer's Row right now. Duran is coming on at the top of their order. You know, top 100 prospect who is the perfect leadoff guy. He was stealing bases. He was killing us all weekend. And their pitching is underrated. It is. And they found the back end of their bullpen with Schreiber and Hauk. And uh, 
our back end right now is two guys and everybody else is struggling. And then, like you said, I mean, all season long, this team with two outs has been the best hitting team with runners in scoring position with two outs. And then all weekend, couldn't get the big hit when they needed it ever. Uh, settling for sack flies. And even yesterday, you know, an RBI ground out after putting the first two on uh, late in the game yesterday, down 5 nothing, And it just... And sloppy defense. And, it, and, you know, we've talked about all season on this show where, all right, you're moving Owen Miller to second, and Owen Miller's playing first, and guys are moving around, and there's no consistency. And there's been a little bit of consistency lately with, unfortunately, I'm at it short, Jimenez at second, Naylor at first, and then Owen kind of filling in. And then yesterday, Miller couldn't catch the ball. Jimenez was throwing everything low. Um and it was just one of those games. And you're going to have clunkers. And I don't think you and I are pushing the panic button. This team is two games back in no, Minnesota. They they showed last week they could beat Minnesota. And they did, taking two out of three. Now the Twins come in for five games. And we'll go through the pitching matchups and everything else. But, you know, a pair tomorrow and then tonight a game and then Wednesday and Thursday. So this is a huge series here. They've got to turn the page. They almost have to just flush this Boston series and not let it kind of linger heading into uh, a big game tonight. You know, I went uh, twice this week. I looked up at the scoreboard yesterday and I texted this to you and the executive producer. The top four guys in the Boston lineup, Duran, Devers, J.D. Martinez, your boy from uh, the trip, and uh, Xander Baseball on the beach? (laughs) That's right. who, Who knew you would be with two serious all-star players and J.D. Martinez and Nick Castellanos when they were young. <laughs> but that you look up and they're, they're four batting averages and I know I know everyone's going to say, oh, batting averages mean anything anymore. 327, 334, 329, 330. That's, yeah. that's pretty damn good. Yeah. The big, the big problem this weekend in this series was that seemingly every time a key spot came up for the Guardians – it was the seven, eight, nine guys that were doing it. And this wasn't Andre Semenez hitting seventh. You know, we saw a lot of Ernie Clements and, you know, Ernie coming up and, and either Maley or Hedges and then, you know, whoever, and, and then Miles Straw hitting ninth, who is literally hovering at 200 at this point. And, uh, you know, listen, I, I am not going to sit here and tell you that they got, you know, he's a 202. <laughs> They gotta, they gotta sit Miles Straw. They gotta, you know, bench him, play Quan in center, whatever. Straw's defense in center is worth him riding it out through the slump. The problem is when you get zero from your catcher, your eight and nine guys are essentially it's it's like an it's like a 1995 National League team. I shouldn't say 95 because that was a steroid era. Let's go back. Let's say it's like a 1985 National League team where. You got some second base or shortstop guy who can't hit is only in there for their glove, and then the pitcher hitting ninth because Hedges and Maley, Maley's hitting. You know, neither. I think neither of them are over two hundred. Neither of them have an OPS. You know, worth even discussing. You could say ninety five. Yeah. It's like when uh, Eddie Perez was the personal catcher for Greg Maddox. So he hit eighth, and Maddox hit ninth. There you go. Yeah, well, Maddox was a great hitting uh, pitcher. Well, okay. He's pro- he but, could probably uh, yes. hit better. Than- better than hedges <laughs> but but again i'm fine with having hedges catch and having straw in there for their defense but the problem is it's it's one thing to have one of those spots it's what not hitting it's two it's really on straw straw's gotta wake up 
Yeah, it's either a lazy, it's, it's either a lazy ground ball or a, or a pop up or a fly ball into right center. I mean, he just he's in between. He doesn't look like he's swinging hard. Um, it's too bad because right now his body language is terrible, and they've got to get him going. I mean, he was the leadoff hitter. He was a guy that was making things happen at the start of the year, and no one is saying Miles Straw is a 300 hitter by no means. All right, if he was a 300 hitter, he'd still be on the Astros, but. Um, they've got to get his back going, like you said. And, and look, you know, this team is going to, I think, be buyers. And what they probably need to be buying is a Wilson Contreras type, a Sean Murphy, a, a bat behind the plate. I love Austin Hedges, too. But I think if we're going to try to contend and go for it, Austin Hedges is going to be your backup catcher, not your starting exactly. catcher. Exactly. I was just going to say, in an ideal world, he's your backup catcher. And listen, Maley's fine as a backup catcher, but you're carrying two backup catchers currently. Correct. And and that's and that's the problem. But I swear, didn't it seem like every time a big spot came up, it was like we were we were at the Maley and Hedges, or you know, slash straw spots in the order this weekend? It just drove me insane. And I see, you know, Andre said on the broadcast that. Josh Naylor's foot's been bothering him a little bit, so that's kind of why he was sitting over the weekend. And, and you know, I understand that. It, it, and, you know, after his traumatic leg injury, you know, they've leaned on him pretty hard, and he's done a great job. But, listen, he's going to be sore. He's going to, you know, you got to – it's a marathon, not a sprint. you got to give him some days off here and there, which is what they're doing, which is totally fine. I just – I see this huge sentiment, and again, I know that Twitter is not real life. It's 10% of the people are on Twitter. What about uh, 10% capacity? Hey, now. I had a bad loss this week. Yeah, oh, I, got, I, got, Sunday. I got smoked, you know, too. Because Jose Barrios is a total chump. Did you see what he did yesterday? He gave up eight runs in two and a third. He's been terrible for for uh, Toronto. And he killed my whip in ERA. I lost oh. both, of those, both of those flipped. On me, and I ended up losing. That's neither here nor there. Another yeah. time. What are you saying about Twitter and the fans? It's a t- Twitter is not real life. It's ten percent of the fans, but it is a very we have fans? loud minority. Yes, the Guardians have fans. Well, they, all, they, all they do is complain, but yes. Uh, but listen, I love the Zellman brothers. Andrew, Brett, great dudes. Okay, Brett Zellman. Now you're naming some real fans. Yeah, because they watch every inning of every game, so I respect their opinion. Sure. I see Brett yesterday, and he is one of many. I don't need to single mean to single him out, but he's like the game's past Tito by. It's time to move on from him. <laughs> I, think, I think this. I, I, listen, I know he's got his flaws in his in-game managing, and he had a terrible, terrible, terrible week. But you tell me that some other manager can control and mold these young guys the way he is and handle situations the way he does. There's a reason he's the longest tenured manager. It's not because he's bad. We've had one losing season in nine years since he's been here. You think someone else is pulling that off? No chance. I mean, look, I I, I think being in his late 60s or, was he, 67, 68, I'm not saying the game is... He's younger than you think he is. Uh, I I think he's like 62. Is he? So go I mean, go I'm go not ready to say the game has passed him by. I mean, he did not have a good week. Uh, certainly Thursday's game, the day game, was very questionable. 
Go ahead. How old? He's sixty. He's sixty-three. Sixty-three. Right. All right. I thought he was sixty-seven. Um, yeah. I think he's got a lot, a lot of years left as long as he's healthy. I'm not ready. I'm ready to to definitely point out some flaws at times, but for what he has done in that clubhouse, for the, the amount of rallying that this team does, how they battle, they're young. They're gonna they're gonna make mistakes. They're the youngest team in baseball, and we sit here at thirty six and thirty two. I'm taking that right now. I'm not happy with the way they played over the weekend, but I'm not ready to blame Tito for that. I mean. Tito made some egregious mistakes this week. Wednesday, the Anthony Castro oh. experience was brutal, and not having Henches—that was Tuesday. Not, not having Henches yeah. up. No, that was Wednesday. That was Wednesday. No, the Castro game was two. The Castro game was, oh, Wednesday. was Wednesday. They came back and oh, won. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I'm and sorry. but not having Henches up and ready to come in when Castro was imploding made no sense. And then Thursday. You know, the, the, the not pinch hitting for Maley, you could make an argument for Clement based on he was playing third and Jose was DHing, but still, not pinch hitting for Maley with a left-handed bat ready in either Quan or Naylor made no sense at all in a one-run game, and the bases loaded. That was ridiculous um, yes, and, and, was and a poor eight, job. Yes. So you want to get on him for some mistakes? Go for it. Uh, did he get outmanaged this weekend? No. The Red Sox hit everything, caught everything. Anytime we hit anything hard, especially yesterday, we were lining the ball right at people. I mean, Rich Hill, God bless him. And I, I went back and rewatched the game. I told Todd yesterday morning I was taking a day off, and I did. But I went back and rewatched it later. I mean, we hit the ball hard. We hit it, at, hit it at How many times did a med line into a double play? It seemed like every time he was up. So. You know, he got bailed out, but that's that's baseball. But yes, did Tito have a bad day on Wednesday and Thursday? Yeah, he did. He really did. I mean, it was bases loaded, nobody out, and again, it was the Clement Mailey straw. You're down one nothing. They had, they started at that point. They had started. It was Joe Smith pitching. He couldn't find the plate, and they had started Caleb Theobar, the left-hander, warming. Now I don't know if he was ready for Ernie, but as I said before, I said this on. Um, I said this to you guys. I had no problem with Ernie batting there. You're a major league player. Put the ball in play. I mean, it, sack fly, ground ball, do something. Just put the ball in play and the run's going to score. And I understand that, you know, I, I see the excuse of, well, he couldn't pinch it for Ernie because, you know, then you lose your third baseman. That was not true, and I'll come back to that in a second. Not using either Naylor or Quan for Maley. Your backup catcher is completely egregious, and I don't care if a left-hander was warming. If you look at Stephen Kwan's splits, he's actually just as good, if not better, against left-handed pitching than he is against right-handed pitching. He rarely strikes out. I know he ended up striking out when he pinched it in the ninth, I know, but he rarely strikes out, and he's got speed. So you're thinking, all right, at worst, he hits the ball on the ground somewhere and he beats out a double play. Th- that one was made no sense. It was you bad. Also it was it was you bad. Three, you three left-handed. You had Richie Palacios there too, which made no sense. It was really bad. Okay, but they again they scored zero runs. They lost one nothing. So I'm I'm not saying this game's on Tito. It's his fault. No, I, it was it was not great. But you can't pinpoint that. If if Ernie hits a sack fly, this point is moot. You know what I mean? Blame, blame, blame a guy who's in the majors for not making contact. And, and well, he made contact. Ball. He just grounded it right to the first he, baseman or whatever. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah. You know what I mean. So, so there's, so there's that. I have a bigger, my, my biggest issue with Tito. In game, we're talking 
still comes into play on Friday night in a tie game. Oh, boy. Seventh inning, he goes back to HLS, Brian fucking Shaw. Like, how many more times is he going to go to Shaw in a tie game or a one-run game and watch it explode? Before he stops doing it. It, it's, it boggles my fucking mind that he continues to do this. Everyone knows in the majors. A, a, everyone knows this guy is not, should not be pitching in high leverage except Tito. I, I, I would love, and, and you know, you, you could never do this, but I would love it if like whoever, Mandy, Zach, Hoinsey, whoever just said, you know, you look at this, Tito. I got a question. You look at the stats and uh, you, know, you know all the, the the extended statistics. And uh, uh, Brian Shaw's been below replacement level for the last four years. Any particular reason you continue to pitch him in high leverage situations? Well, let's say they asked him that. Let's say they asked him that. His answer will be, "Well, coming into this game, which is a true story, I think he had not given up a run in his last. Or no, did he give up one in Minnesota? No, he loaded the bases in Minnesota with nobody outs." I'm sorry, that was in Colorado when he loaded the bases with nobody out. Right. I don't know how I don't even know if he pitched it in the Dodgers series. Maybe he did. I don't know. I don't even remember. He had been pretty good lately, just statistically. He had been decent and had not given up a run, I think, in his what, last seven outings? Or or did he get I'm it, trying to he remember. had a streak of he had a streak of nine in a row. That right. I do I do remember. It may right. even have been ten. Um, but 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 here's the thing. But in that game Friday, when Eli Morgan had not pitched, um, what since Wednesday? I, you're right. I would have put Eli in that situation. I don't think Morgan pitched all weekend, did he? No, and he only started to warm up when uh, Tully couldn't couldn't find the plate in the ninth inning yesterday. <laughs> they had him warming up. But yeah, it's that poor, I, I that, that poor kid. That poor kid yesterday just ate. He they 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 put him. That was like throwing him to the wolves yesterday. That's why he was there. Yeah, he he pitched. He was fresh. He pitched Tuesday. Right, was he the was, last time he, he was a star- Yeah, he was the starter in Columbus. Days. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not talking about Tully. I'm talking about Shaw. Shaw was fresh. Oh, Shaw okay. had pitched. The last time Shaw pitched was Tuesday. He he pitched a scoreless inning in the correct. Yeah, he he, he pitched well in that game. He was fresh. Okay, I'll give him that. The timeout before that was when he it was his third consecutive day, and he loaded the bases with nobody out. And they took him out. You load up, was, uh, yeah, party. So yeah, it, but regardless, it's yes. Yeah, it, so it's not a good not move, a spot. right? It's, no, it's just it's, not against the Red Sox. Hell no. Ugh, it just I I can't I, I can't understand it. It just it drives me insane. And like I see a lot of you know. The in-game stuff has passed him by. I, I, I hear that a ton. I just, I think you take the good with the bad. I'd rather have him captaining this ship. That, who do you want? You really want Sandy or DeMarlo Hale in there? No, I don't. To be honest. Okay? No, I don't. Come on. We tried that already. That didn't work. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I mean, uh, it's, T- it's, Tito is a leader of men. He is tremendous in that room. I think he knows what he's doing. I mean, this baseball team at the start of the year, you had an angry fan base, new name change. We'll talk about that in a second, and all that crap, and 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 you know, uh, uh, you know, signs falling down at the progressive field at the team shop. I mean, it was embarrassing. But the one guy that you know is going to be there, the one constant. One constant. I knew you were going to say that. Okay, not the Ford family owning the Lions, but uh, Tito running this ship. I mean, there's the guys run through the wall, running through a wall for him, and he's and. The job he's doing with the youngest team in baseball that everybody picked, some people picked to finish fourth in this damn division. 
They're two games out of first. They were in first place earlier in the week. And yes, I mean, you know, Colorado got one one win out of three this weekend against the Twins. We kind of, I think that was kind of lucky, to be honest. Uh, we'll take it. But now you get Minnesota for five. Let's let's see what Tito and the genius in the other dugout, Rocco Baldelli. Let's see how that goes this week. You know. Yeah, and uh, um, I just one last thing on Tito. You know, the guy has been done nothing but win here. He's well respected. Everyone, the guys who play for him, you, you, other than Brad Miller, I don't ever remember anybody ever complaining about Tito here or saying a bad word about him. They all. That's a great. That's a great call by you. Yeah, Brad Miller. Bradski. (laughs) Yeah. So, so let's 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 pump the brakes a little bit on this. The games passed him by stuff. I, I just I don't. It, could he be better in game? One hundred percent. But you're taking the good with the bad here. I, I, I just refuse to say that the game has passed him by. I think that is. This isn't Tony Larusa here. You know, this isn't Tito going by old school hunches and throwing at guys after someone hits a home run. I mean, he doesn't pull that. Let, let's let's go through the Tony Larusa resume for this year. Uh, wa- intentionally walking somebody that had two strikes on them, and what was it yesterday? He said. That the training staff has advised his players not to run hard on pop-ups and ground balls because they might hurt themselves? Like, what the hell is this? Are you serious? Yeah, look it up. That seems fake. No, it's real. The White Sox have so many injuries that La Russa and the training staff have decided that if there's a, ground, a, a routine grounder to second or something with nobody on, they're telling the guys to pull up and not run hard. <laughs> wow. Well, that's interesting. Oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, that, that was, was interesting. interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Matt and Todd with you, Dairy Brothers Guardians cast, a uh, energetic a Monday. By the way, um, new T-shirt at Breaking Tea. Todd, have you seen this yet? Go to breakingtea.com slash dairy. New Jose Ramirez shirt after last weekend when he was uh, trash-talking Freddie Freeman of the Dodgers, and he was mic'd up, and he told Freeman, you're one of the best hitters after me. Now there's a Jose Ramirez, you're one of the best hitters, after me shirt, available at breakingtea.com slash dairy. You can also get the Josh Naylor, all the smoke shirt, all of the other t-shirts for all of you great Guardians fans out there. All eight of you, uh, get yourself a uh, shirt. There's games this week. Twins are coming in. Yankees. Uh, I know we're going to pack the joint just like we did this weekend. Um, Come on, be nice. Our fans are the worst. I'm sorry. And, and and you guys, and I'm not talking about you guys that are listening. You guys that are listening are great. Don't think I'm de- uh, demeaning you at all because I'm not. Because we appreciate your listenership. But the, 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 the fringy fan, the casual fan, I just, I took phone calls the last two days, Thursday and Friday with Dustin Fox filling in on the afternoon drive program on 92.3 The Fan. Boom, 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 boom. An Odyssey station. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, the fan base is, <laughs> I just don't understand it. Did you hear the one caller on Thursday that said that we, this is a different team? That that, that yes. this is that this is equivalent to the ball, rooting for the Baltimore Ravens? I, as, as, I, as I texted you in the moment when I was, I was walking the dog and I was listening to that and my blood was boiling and I just, I just, why sports talk radio? This is why podcasts are so much better. There's nothing worse 
than sports talk radio callers. They're ninety percent of them are complete idiots. And I, I actually say this. I'll actually say this: the, the callers at the fan are pretty good uh, compared to other places I've worked. I, I'll be honest on that. And what I like okay. that Andy Roth, the program director, does at ninety-two-three is he has not instituted reading uh, uh, text messages, which other stations do. So it's like you're sitting here going, uh, "Ticket text, uh, John in uh, Moreland Hills says uh, the fans are, you know, Josh Naylor needs to sit for a week." You know, it's like, oh, I mean, reading text is is bad. So I don't mind it, but to hear. And I've learned I've learned this, and there's some people on Twitter too that hit me up. I'm learning really, I'm really getting to see it now. The last couple of days, especially filling in on the radio, the fans are so mad and so angry. I knew there was going to be an angry mob, and you knew there was going to be a a faction of the fan base that was so unhappy about this name change. But my goodness, just and, and the fact that this weekend was good weather. The Red Sox were in town. You had Dollar Dog Night. You had fireworks. You had Pride Night. You had Bieber jerseys, Jose t-shirts. And they couldn't draw one time 30,000. The best they got was Friday at 29,000. That's pathetic. Okay. Now, I while I agree they should have sold out, they were coming on. I'm not saying screen. sold out, but Todd, let's at least get 30K. But they, but they had 20 in this. I hate playing the in this market game, but I'm going to say it again. With with the way, with inflation going on and people cutting down on their extra spending, they got twenty nine thousand on Friday, twenty seven thousand on Saturday, and twenty thousand on Sunday. Twenty thousand on Sunday was bad. I'm like, I I, you know, I was there, and I I think I even texted you like it seems empty in here. And I'll, but there were a lot of Red Sox fans this weekend also. Take that into account. But you know, I look at the, I'm, I'm looking now at the Twins. The, the last three games in Minnesota to see their attendance. So yeah. Tuesday night was 22, but we never pulled 22 on a Tuesday That's night. That's a weeknight. That's what I'm saying. Wednesday they had 25, and Thursday they had 25. And Thursday was the day game. So, uh, you know, we'll see. This, this week we got five. You know, you got a day-night doubleheader Tuesday, so you got five gates in the next four days. And then you have the Yankees coming in. Yankees games will either be sold out or be over 30,000, but – It'll probably be five thousand to eight thousand Yankee fans in there, like they all, like there always is. I just with, with the momentum that we had coming back from Minnesota, I thought there'd be at least at least thirty three, thirty four, okay. thirty five thousand Friday night for every promotion in the books. It was dollar dogs, it was fireworks, and it was Jose T shirts. And you can't draw thirty. That's pathetic. It is. That's pathetic. Don't give me this inflation stuff. That's pathetic. <laughs> Listen, it's part of it, but the other part of it is they're just not a big hardcore fan base of this team. They are a distant third. They well, are. I know uh, that. They, they might even be fourth behind Ohio State football for, for you know. You know. <laughs> uh, it, it, you can't it, get thirty thousand for Friday. Come on, man. But but you know what? And this is the challenge that the new owner David Blitzer is going to have, and why I think that his big, what he really want from what we have heard. They really want to develop the area around the ballpark to make it more conducive to going. Let's be honest. How many people are where, where are you going before a game on a Friday night? You know, to have some drinks and hang out before a game. Really, I mean, down there, it's really just like you know, there's that panini on the corner. There's the Clevelander, and you know, I don't even like the lizard. What about the thirsty I parrot? Listen, I, that's I think that's long gone. I'm I'm <laughs> a prime example. I, you know me. I go to like 50 games a year. Do you know how often I go down before a game to have some drinks 
They'd be like, never, because there's no point. I mean, you could go down the Fourth Street. It's not far. There's stuff there. But if you go to St. Louis, they have built and Atlanta's new stadium too. I mean, that's I haven't seen it, but the executive producer told me about it. I've been to St. Louis. In the last few years, they have built basically like literally basically circling the the ballpark. They built like a little, you know. A, a village. A, I've seen it. Yeah. A village essentially with restaurants and bars and, you know, you know, team shop and whatever. And there's a million different places to go. It's awesome. Fenway, Fenway is the same way. I was there earlier in the year. They, yeah. You, 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 your ticket, your ticket gets punched at Fenway or, or scanned, and then you're in this, you're inside this area where you're surrounded by stuff. It's cool. It's very cool. Uh, I, I know that in Philadelphia, and again, these Philadelphia was built a long time ago. In Philadelphia, it's worth 50 bucks. 50 bucks. That's right. (laughs) They have this Xfinity Live. I mean, again, this was years ago, but they had this like, place in between the basketball arena and the baseball stadium and it was just basically like almost like this giant food hall sports bar where they had you know it's a big open space with a million tables and then on the inside it's like you know 10 different places you know chicky and pete's that's the big you know that's a that's a big chain sports bar in philly they had a location there and they did cheesesteak place and they had you know it was, it was just you need something like that. No, to I agree. Grab, I agree. To, to have the casual fan gravitate towards the park, and they don't have that. And I think that that's Blitzer's going to be his number one uh, thing that he wants to do around the park. I mean, I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone say, you know, when they built the stadium, they built that parking garage right behind, you know, connected to the stadium. It was a good idea in theory, but now it's te- oh, it was Jason Lloyd who said this. It's a terrible spot. In terms of real estate, you it, 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 like Blitzer needs to get rid of that parking garage altogether, and that's where you start building your your stuff right there. Like you put something in between the queue and and uh, uh, Progressive Field, and you know right there where that giant garage is, and make it into a place to be. It's the place to be, like like Frank's billiards. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's no, I'm be. I'm with you. I'm with you, and. Uh... Anyway, just go to breakingt.com slash dairy, D-E-R-Y. Take you to the Cleveland Collection and get your stuff. We kind of went off on a tangent there, but it's true. I mean, all of that does need to be fixed up a little bit. There do needs to, there does need to be a, a reason to have a evening out. But, again, Friday night, I'll just say it one more time, I just not getting 30000 with a first-place team coming home, playing well, Red Sox in town, fireworks, T-shirts. Warm weather. Warm weather. Um <laughs> Uh, the bats haven't heated up because the weather's weren't getting. <laughs> yes, that's a good bit. But uh, yeah, let's get Lynn Henning's thoughts on the 2022 guards. But no, I mean it's just gotta they gotta draw this weekend with the Yankees. I, come on, there's no excuse. And uh, team's fun. They're young. They're exciting. You've got maybe the most exciting player in baseball on our team, and Jose Ramirez, who you could tell is not 100 percent healthy with that thumb. Uh, he's not driving. I don't think he's yeah. had a home run in, gosh, 10, 11 games, maybe? He, he didn't drive in a run in, in, in the entire weekend, if memory serves me correctly. I'm pretty sure he did not. I don't think he had an RBI going back until sometime in the Minnesota series, probably Wednesday. But I know he didn't drive in a run the entire weekend. And I, I think it's not a coincidence that the offense had a 
basically a slide, you know, from Thursday, you know, starting at Thursday uh, on the weekend down when you had J-Ram, who's pressing a little bit with the thumb, and Naylor, essentially a non-factor and not playing because of the foot. I mean, those are two huge cogs in your lineup. And then you throw in, like we said, the seven, eight, nine guys, you know, at the bottom of the order, just not producing at all and giving you such, you know, basically nothing. That it's a, you know, it's tough. I mean, the Boston seven, eight, nine, who, that you know, all weekend that was, it's, it's not like it's big names. It was, you know, Franchi Cordero and Bobby Dahlbeck and, and Christian Royo and, and, and I don't remember Kevin what Lecky. inning it, I don't even remember what inning it was. It might have been yesterday. They walked Bobby Dahlbeck. I'm like that guy's horrible. Like I know the Those fans guys in Boston were delivering all weekend. They love Bobby D in Boston. He's terrible. He's terrible. Like oh, he's terrible. You can't. I mean, the amount of walks. I think it was like what twenty plus walks this week. Like we just kept and look. Give give credit to Boston. They. They see a lot of pitches. They they're, they're their bats are tough. Even Vasquez, some of those Great guys. Bats. Yeah, they were the amount impressive. of walks our pitchers just dished out over the weekend. It was tough. Look, you're gonna you're yeah. gonna take your lumps. You're, there's gonna be some bad some bad weekends and bad series. But uh, yeah. you know, hopefully they turn it around. We'll have the pitching matchups coming up. I mean, one other thing we got to get to is the bullpen and what to do because, like like we talked about earlier, trading for a you know, a catcher, I think, could be a priority. I think it is a priority. And I don't know if it's going to be Willie Contreras with the Cubs, you know, uh, from the 2016 team. And I, I I despise him, but, man, he's good. He had a game-winning hit yesterday. You know, is there a, he's awesome. is there a package deal where we send some prospects to the Cubs for David Robertson and Wilson Contreras? They're both rentals. You know, they're both on one-year deals, but Robertson's back up hitting 97 again. And closing for them, and Contreras is an all-star catcher, and he's good behind the plate, and he can he hits, you know Sean Murphy, and is there a relief pitcher with Oakland we can go poach, and then it's but the, the, but another bullpen arm has got to be added, because and I think Justin Latta points this out all the time on on Twitter, you know you can't be like oh we'll just bring up Karen Jack or Sandlin those guys are getting lit up every time out in Columbus. I was just going to say, uh, they both had a really rough weekend. Sandlin's, you know, I love Sandlin, and, and that was a guy I, you know, if you asked me at the beginning of the season who's going to be pitching, you know, the, uh, you know, in front of uh, Class A, I would have told you Sandlin all day. That, that was the guy. Um, but he's just been really, really bad. His mechanics are just, he's totally lost. It's, it's, it's getting a little frustrating to watch him, to be honest with you. Uh, you know, they, they had to send him back because he was, you know, really struggling. And then there's 99 who, you know, I, I, I actually tweeted this out and got some feedback this week. And I was surprised how many people actually agreed with me. You know, the mojo, and I talked about this on the on the pod last week, but I'm, I'm afraid to bring him into this clubhouse to kill the positive vibes. But as of right now, he's pitching so poorly that he's not going to get called up. No, he's not ready. So, not ready at all. So there's I, nobody I just, down. There's I, nobody down there, by the way. Nobody. The, the, that's the big problem. I mean, the two guys who were probably uh, closest to who you could call up are Nick Enright. Uh, the kid from Virginia, and um, which I don't even know how to pronounce it. Mikolojak? Yes, yes. 
he's been the, he's been the most consistent. So uh, I, it could be one of those two, but neither are on the forty man roster, which is another topic. I mean, you know, we're still loaded on that forty man roster spot, and you know, the the, the executive producer and I in the uh, a week from Friday are going to be going down to Akron do a little scouting. Ooh, we love that. And and now up there, John Kenzie Noel has has moved up to to Double A, and George Valera is still there. And you know, Jared was worried. He's like, I hope I hope we get to see Valera. If he doesn't get called to Triple A, but at Triple A, they're so loaded. You know, with now that Will Brennan is there, you got Will Brennan, you got Nolan Jones that you're playing every day. Um, Will Benson and they, Alex. Or, no, Will, you know, Will Benson, uh, Alex Call. I mean, they got plenty of outfielders, so I think we'll be able to see Valera. But, you know. Oscar Mercado, was, he'll eventually be back there. Has well, he, no one I, claims him, you mean? I don't think anybody has yet. No, no, nobody has. Well, he's not good. <laughs> so there's. <laughs> oh, God I mean, bless him. him. He, he, you know. I think Great. he, I think he's a fifth outfielder in the majors so somewhere. I thought so too, but if you look at his numbers this year and they let him, you know, they're like, oh, you know, we're going to play Oscar against lefties. He was hitting like in the 100s against left-handed pitching with like a 400 OPS. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, something stupid, something stupid like that. I just, listen, he is what he is. There's plenty of guys like like him out there, but uh, um, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, but uh, down in, in AA, also, they just activated Carlos Vargas, coming off of Tommy John surgery, hasn't pitched in two years, and he's throwing, you know, 99-98 out of the pen. And I had said something to uh, Andre. I'm like, what do you think about maybe, you know, bringing him up and... Putting him in the bullpen, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, throwing him out there in the pen. He's like, you got to slow down. He hasn't pitched a game in two years, but they brought Tristan McKenzie up two years ago, too, and put him in the rotation, and he had pitched it basically in one game, and that worked out decently you never know uh i do think that they have to trade for another arm because right now the way things are class a is great his arm's gonna fall off but he's awesome eli's been great but he finally is showing a little bit of you know you know he's still learning the role he, he, you know we're, we're counting on him and we're like oh it's great eli's coming in he's gonna shut it down this is the first time in his life i think that he's been a major league uh, a reliever and he's doing it on the major league level and you know learning how to you know work his arm so it bounces back and then you know big sam's been good yesterday he was not uh but he's been good um and then you know de los santos i like him a lot he's been good the pen overall has been pretty decent but like the good part portions of it you can't just keep trying these that's the whole problem you can't trot these guys out every single time with a lead so you know that's why he's trying brian shaw in the high leverage situations continuously because he needs somebody else to step up. You know, they found De Los Santos, they found Morgan, they found Hedges, but can't pitch these guys every day. So I'd love to see it, it you know, it, one more arm that you can count on. Because I, 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 as, as good as Ghost was in that one game last week, I don't think you could count on him. Uh, and then you got that rotating spot, the Sandlin spot, which is now, you know, was Tanner Tully, but he's not a major league pitcher. No, no, and and you wonder you wonder what they what they would do, you know, if and you bring up a good point. A lot of these guys that are in the pen are former starters. Eli Morgan was a starter. Sam Hentges was a starter, um, and and they're still acclimating to those roles, which is pretty new for them, both of them. And they think they've done pretty well, but you wonder about 
the teams that will sell and what they will sell and what they would want. Uh, David Bednar with the Pirates. I mean, it's just a uh, he's he's a really good arm, and you know. Uh, he is on Team D's, uh, you know, with the Royals. Uh, I know Stallmont just went on the DL, but would Stallmont or Barlow or one of those guys with the Royals be available? I, what about Daniel Bard in Colorado? Yeah, but the problem with Bard is he's like 30. He's, he's like real. Yeah, you, know, you want to? Pro- I mean, knowing the way that the, the Chernanetti deals with things with uh, um, Mike and uh, Chris. Is they usually like to trade for guys that will you know be around for a couple of years. You don't you know you trade for Brad Hand. You had Brad Hand for three years, um, you know. So we'll we'll see. Andrew Miller two and a half, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. When they go all in, they 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 they're not. This isn't a franchise that rents. I think we've rented one time in the last uh, two times that I can remember. Uh, Jay Bruce. One was Josh Donaldson. Yeah, and one was Jay Bruce. Yeah. yeah. So. And the Jay Bruce was great, and the Donaldson turned out to be a total flop, and they lost Julian Merriweather from it. And uh, Donaldson's still a prick. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, Center for Advanced Dentistry. I got a text the other day from uh, Dr. Ben Hornstein, and uh, he just said he was listening and tuned in the last couple days, and um, asked how uh, my son was doing at IU and then made the joke that uh, last time he was at IU was 1868. And I responded, uh, "That's well, that's where this country's going. So <laughs> that, was the, uh, that was the back and forth. But uh, shout out to good, Dr. Good ben and the crew at the Center for Advanced Dentistry. Uh, what is that? CFAD.net. That's right. For more information, right. and you want to get your teeth cleaned, you're looking for a new dentist, check out Dr. Ben and his crew, Sandy. Todd always raves about, does a, a great what job. About, but what do you got to give a special shout out to Dr. Sean? Like I said, the Andres Jimenez of the, uh, of the right. practice. Rising star. Rising the star. The future, baby. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, all right, pitching matchups, and then let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, so tonight, big series starts right away. No days off here for this team. Um, they're, they're not, they don't have a day off for a while. They're playing all week this week, then they got two on Monday. I'm... Uh, yeah, mapping out my week next week. What's that? I was just going to ask if you were going. The next off day, by the way, is Thursday, July 7th. Yeah. I'm going to the nightcap of July 4th. That's the makeup game when it didn't rain and yeah. I, got, I got rained out. I'll be at the July 4th night game. I'm trying to swing four, five, and six. July. I'm trying to swing three of the four. We'll see yeah, if that I'm going, happens. I'm going, I'm going to four or five. This week, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna work that out. I'll Actually, probably be five, at the, the, going, the day game on July sixth. I'll be there. You know, so nice. that's, that's a lot for you. Nice. That's great. Sunny Gray tonight for the Twins always is a handful for us against Tristan McKenzie. That gets the series started. Then tomorrow a doubleheader one ten. Devin Smeltzer against Zach Plesac. For some odd reason, we weren't hitting Devin Smeltzer last Thursday. Those were getaway day at bats. Totally. And then the nightcap appears to be Josh Winder, the right-hander, against Connor Pilkington. Yes. Uh, and then uh, Wednesday night. You know, the, you know what the good news is, by the way? At least you know with Pilkington, it's somebody that has been up here. You know right. I mean? Yeah, he's going to have to pitch he, he twice. He's rotation for like a month. Yeah, he's yeah. going to have to so pitch Tuesday, and then he's going to have to pitch again on Monday in Detroit. Went, so. Yeah. Fine. Uh, I trust him. Yeah, and then Cal Quantrill on Wednesday night against Dylan Bundy, and then Thursday afternoon Chris Archer against Shane Bieber. You got to win the Bieber start. Like that was a, such a death blow on Saturday. Uh, and of all people, 
Alex Verdugo, that easy, easy, easy killer. Uh, (laughs) You want to know about Alex Verdugo, just Google him and and look it up. That's all I'll say. Uh, then the Yankees come to town Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Now here's what. Here, about the Yankees. <laughs> along the third, I was playing Pokemon along the third baseline. Talking yeah, Yankees. Talk about Johnny Davis. Like talk about Johnny Davis. What's interesting for this is the Yankees play the A's this week at home. Then they've go. Then they go to Houston for a makeup game. Um, they're playing the Astros in Houston twice because of uh, the COVID stop or not the COVID stoppage, the uh, work stoppage. So they're going to play in Houston Thursday night one game. Like literally flying in, playing a game, and then flying to us. So there's a lot of travel for them. So that ought to be interesting. Yeah, that is good. So Aaron Sabat. One of these Twins games, I think, in this doubleheader is a makeup game. Actually, I know it is from the first series. Yeah, that was missed. missed. Yeah, so Savali against Nestor Cortez on Friday night. Cortez has been uh, uh, not as good the last two starts. Uh, Jordan Montgomery on Saturday against Tristan McKenzie, and then Sunday afternoon Zach Plesac against Jamison Tyon. Yankees pitching has been really good, and uh, you get yes, to the, you get to the seventh inning and face King and Holmes and those guys. It's usually lights out, and obviously Aaron Judge is just <laughs> he's been unreal. I mean, we've talked about Jose for MVP, but man, Aaron Judge yesterday a walk off three run homer, and he's kind of sticking it to the Yankees with the arbitration case. He's been amazing, so. This is not going to get any easier. You know, the Twins want to pay the Guardians back, and uh, now the uh, Tom Hamilton-Miguel Sano uh, revenge game. You know, you know, the, there's a lot going on there. So we'll see how that goes. Now, wasn't, listen, you know you and I love Hammy. That was not a good look for him. <laughs> not a good look. Somebody fed – usually Hammy gets info, though. He doesn't usually just go off on a whim on his own. Usually no, somebody's but... whispering something to him. In 2022, you know that's going to get recorded, and you know that's going to be spread all over the internet. Not that Amy probably doesn't care. No, he's the best in the business. <laughs> that guy's given zero. The, and, and he gets excited when other teams make good plays. He's not one of these homer announcers that says, "Oh my gosh, he caught it!" Like if Buxton makes a diving catch, Hammy will say, "Oh, what a play!" He's that's professional. So, um, but yes, calling Miguel Sano fat was interesting. <laughs> to say the least. I w- and and the Twins come in, their pitching coach is quitting after this week and going to college baseball to work for LSU. Unreal. So Wes Johnson, very bizarre situation there in Minnesota. Hopefully that's a big distraction for them. And because uh, it, it's bizarre to me that a first-place team's major league pitching coach, he's not taking a college job to be a head coach. He's taking a college job as the college season is over to be a pitching coach at LSU and he starts next week and the college baseball season's over. It's not like he's not even staying. He's staying for this week and then he's leaving. Very weird. I don't I don't understand it at all, but uh, th- then there's clearly something amiss there. But from what the article that I read in The Athletic this morning said that he was making like 300000 and LSU offered him 700000 but that supposedly the twins came back and said, what can we do to make you stay? And he said, nothing, I'm out. So there's something weird there. Crazy. So, all right. Uh, thanks to the Center for Advanced Dentistry, the Evergreen Podcast Network, waitingfornextyear.com, and, of course, Breaking Tea T-shirts. Get your uh, Guardians gear at breakingtea.com. Slash Dairy. Todd, get some uh, wins. You said you are going tonight. What were the nights you were going? Tuesday for both. Wednesday, Thursday afternoon. 
and Friday. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! That's awesome. That your your wingman is gone. She's uh, she's off for the yeah. summer. So uh, yeah, but a, a special daytime appearance tomorrow. Of one Andrew making his first. Oh, here we go. Progressive field. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Beautiful. All right, uh, for Todd, it's Matt. It's the Dairy Brothers or Guardians cast. We are uh, out of room and out of here. I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts.